Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, Elon Musk cancels a customer's Model X order, but there's more to the story than you think. Plus, Tesla challenges Michigan, how much of Model 3 we'll see in March gets debated, and more. Go West, Lloyd! West! Hey everybody, welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode 27 for February 7th, 2016, aka Super Bowl Sunday, coming to you recorded the night before, late the night before, alongside a very exhausted Maggie the Boxer. I anticipate some big snores that will <laughs> the mic will pick up on this week's show. We had some uh, friends over, and uh, if, you, if any of you happen to have boxers, you know that they get very excited around people and... She just wore herself out, just uh, happy to have guests over, so she's snoozing away on the couch now. Anyway, happy Super Bowl Sunday, if that's when you happen to be listening to the show. I know a lot of you get it right on Sunday. And you know, it got me thinking, like, just just think, maybe one day we'll see a Tesla commercial during the Super Bowl. But I'm going to guess, not for many years. I mean, really not as long as word of mouth and supply constraints keep going as they are for Tesla. In fact... Model 3, which of course is the mass market intended Tesla, might not even need advertising for the first year or two as they ramp up and fulfill the what what a lot of us anticipate to be a large waiting list of people, which I plan to be on. Uh, you know, I think it could be 2019 and, and or 2020 until Tesla decides that they really even have any use for mainstream advertising and, and want to get past the early adopters and the, the, the word of mouth to even get to the people that don't know about Tesla yet. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. We're 2016, no Tesla commercial on the Super Bowl yet. At least, uh, or else I'm going to look really silly if they do have one and I've recorded this show saying they won't. But <laughs> I'm pretty confident in that prediction. Elsewhere, I got a few notes from people saying they uh, actually really enjoyed the longer podcast that I've been doing as of late. I appreciate that, and it's good to know that I'm not wasting people's time if the show does go long. However, it's definitely, I mean, it may sound obvious, but it's always going to be dependent on the content, what's going on in the, in the Tesla-verse. So if not a lot happens in a given week, it's you know going to be a probably shorter 20, 30-minute show, but it's good to know that uh, if I've got you know, 45 minutes or an, even an hour's worth of material that sounds like you guys are, are amenable to listening to that much of me. <laughs> so thank you for that. Speaking of emails, I got so many of them from, from so many of you this week after I spoke out uh, on last week's show about my Model 3 financial situation and the big discussion I had with my wife I'm, I'm extremely grateful to all of you who took the time to write me. I tried to reply to as many of you as I could. I'm sorry if I, if I missed you, if I didn't get a chance. Hopefully, maybe I can catch up uh, this next week. It really, it honestly, it felt so great to know that not only uh, so many of you understand me in a way that feels like most people in my life don't. You know, how Tesla, my Tesla passion is about more than a car. It's about being a part of something special and about voting for the future that I want with my dollars. 
but that many of you are, are even, a lot of you I heard from are even in a similar situation where you're planning for this and you're, you've got kind of a reluctant, well, let's say not say reluctant necessarily, but a spouse who doesn't quite see it the same way or that you do. So uh, most of you wrote to me to say that based on your various experiences, that I shouldn't sweat the performance model too much, that I probably wouldn't miss it too much if I didn't have it. And, and it's funny, almost to almost reinforce that point, like almost to cosmically reinforce that point, I happened to go to lunch this week with my friend Greg, who I found out listens to the show. So hi, Greg. Uh, thank you for being a listener as well as being an awesome person. He, so he's got uh, an 85. He's got a Model S 85, regular S 85, not the performance. And it was actually, and he, he just goes, I, he just offered to let me drive it. We, we went to In-N-Out, a classic California staple that's not too far from my office. I seem to have a weird thing. I, I don't know what it is. People seem str- to strangely trust me with their model, their Teslas. Because either, yeah, either uh, Tesla owners are sort of inherently generous people or they maybe on a conscious or subconscious level just want to help sort of spread the message. And of course, the way to, the best way to do that is to drive the car. But, you know, my, my cousin Pat in Arizona just completely trusts me with the car. As I told the story after the holidays about he was, how he had a, a broken leg and just gave me the car and told me to drive it, puts, you know, get some, get some use out of it and take good care of it. And, uh, you know, Tesla has handed me two review cars, you know, one of which was a $100,000 P85. The other one was a $125,000 P85D. Uh, I told the story of my chance encounter with a Founders Series Model X back in early December and how that owner, just, I'm this guy walking a dog and I walked right up and started asking him about the X and telling him how, you know, I love Tesla and how uh, it was great to see the X. And he was, you know, he was like, hey, you want to pull it out of my driveway for me? And I was like, I'm a stranger. I could hit, this was an insane mode car. I, it might have even been a ludicrous. I don't quite remember. But <laughs> for all he know, like I could have, how does he know that I even know what I'm doing? I could have hit the pedal on that and just gone straight into a tree instead of out of his driveway. I, so I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of both. I either give off something that's 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 subconsciously says trust me with your Tesla or and or Tesla owners are just very generous people who uh you know are who want other people to experience what the Tesla driving experience is. Anyway, so my friend Greg has an S85 and it was actually the first time I've dr- ever driven an 85. I've driven P85s. I've driven the P85D for the three-day review with IGN. And I briefly drove my uh, general, our company general manager's pair. I drove his 85D for the, an autopilot video that I shot for IGN. And I have to say, so it was my first time in a, in a regular 85, and the point is, it the 85, regular 85 felt a, a lot zippier than I thought it would, especially after I've only ever driven Teslas that do 0 to 60 in about 4 seconds or less. So, yeah, the 85 was, was a perfectly fun ride. I mean, 
you know, it's 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 about I think officially 5.2 seconds. I don't know. I'm you know I know people have taken on the track. Like I know the 85D sort of is rated at 4.2, but really clocks in more like four, if uh, just under normal driving conditions. But anyway. So yeah, I don't know if that was sort of the cosmos trying to tell me it's okay to have a, to have a non-performance model, but uh, I will say a lot of you that wrote to me about my my sort of situation with Model Three and wanting the wanting the performance model, but having the big financial conversation with my wife, a lot of you had some great ideas. Some of you mentioned crowdfunding, which I agree could work. Uh, honestly. I don't think I've been doing this podcast long enough yet to earn the right to ask my audience for anything, but it could make sense at some point because I will, you know, it's, if any, if anything is clear to people that listen to this podcast, it, it's that, I mean, maybe you you don't like it, in which case, why would you listen? But if you listen to this podcast, if nothing else, you might not like my presentation style. You might, I don't know, you could think anything you want, but I don't think the one thing you can't dispute is that I am so deeply passionate and enthusiastic about this and that few people in the world would be happier than me to get a Tesla, particularly the exact Tesla that, that, that they want. So maybe there's still hope for me to find a way to get that performance signature Model 3 and maybe some of you will be kind enough to help me get there if, uh, if I decide to try and go down that road at some point. But for now, I just feel a lot better about the whole thing. I'm, I'm so glad that I finally had a sit-down, thorough conversation with my wife about it. And I'm, I'm glad I talked about my situation on the show last week. And I, in fact, I heard that from some of the people that wrote in that were, that were like, thank you. I've been kind of going through this myself. And, and I'm glad, uh, I'm just grateful to all of you who wrote in words of wisdom and encouragement to me. I, I actually talked to my wife again this past week about the fact that, you know, with the March event coming up, that we'll need to make a decision about which list to get on in March, signature or production. And I was very honest with her, very transparent about the pluses and minuses of each. Now, she, given her, you know, her fiscal background, she's not keen on the idea of giving Tesla a two-year interest-free 20,000 or whatever the signature reservation would be. I think it's going to be 20K because that's half of what it was for the S and the X. But anyway, she's not particularly keen on the idea of giving Tesla a two-year interest-free 20-ish thousand dollar loan for a SIG deposit. Plus the fact that, and I was, I told her this too, I was honest with her about this. The fact we don't know if the SIGs, if there even are any, because that's another thing I know I've talked about this, that's sort of been up for debate on, on the forums I think there will be, but anyway, uh, we don't know that if there are SIGs, we don't know if they will all be performance models, which is how it is on the Model X. Every signature model is a performance model. It's just a matter of whether you check the ludicrous box or not, or whether they won't have to be, and you'll get to sort of choose performance or not performance. You know, they're all, they're all big battery, but with the S, with Model S, you could take 85 or P85. So... I laid it all out for her on both sides, and I'll tell you, she didn't shut down the idea of a SIG reservation on the spot, but 
my other, my, I of course don't want to end up having to go to the back of the production reservation line if I end up unable to get a SIG and would have to cancel that reservation. So, I mean, I told her the ideal move would be to get on both lists to put down a SIG reservation and a general production reservation and cancel whichever one we don't use. But that's a lot of money to lay out two years early. So we'll see what happens. But I just want to say thank you all again for your emails this week. They're fantastic. And with that, I want to go to the Ride the Lightning hotline, take a couple calls before I get to the news. First up is Eric from San Diego. He is looking for some advice as he is about to order a Model S, and he's got a question about the rear-facing child seats. Eric, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. My name is Eric. I'm from San Diego. Um, Never called a show before, but uh, been very interested in Tesla for a long time, and finally a friend of mine convinced me to come down and test drive one of the, uh, the cars the other day, and after listening to your podcast, I have to blame you for, for convincing me to stretch my funds to get myself a at least a 70. I'm not sure if we're going to go up to the 85, but um heard one of your podcast shows, and I have to commiserate with you because I uh, have owned a G35 now, 07, brand new first car, um, same problems you're having. It sounds like I just heard you had a uh, internal combustion engine complaint about the fact that the clutch went out. Funny enough, the very day I was going to look at the, the Teslas, um, our G35 is in the shop. And spending that plus $2,000 to get that repaired is, is very frustrating. But um, just want to ask you one question. I haven't heard on your podcast yet regarding the uh, rear-facing seats. You may have had addressed this in an earlier podcast, but we have three children, um, kind of a large family, can't afford the X. But um, definitely interested in the rear-facing seat option. Wanted to know if anyone had actually actually talked to you or you seen or tried out that that option and how that affects the trunk space, um, you know, the, the you know, enjoyability for the children. I know there's a weight limit on it, and for the long-term use of that that option, I'm concerned about adding it onto the car if we go that route. So um, again, just interested if you happen to have a chance on the call or in the the podcast and the one feature shows, if you can bring that up and let everybody know, um, it definitely helped me out in my decision. Uh, we're stretching ourselves. Can't wait for the three. Uh, don't want to get on a list. We're also uh, concerned about upgrading from a sub $40,000 to an $85,000 car. So um, love to hear your opinion on that rear-facing seat. And uh, nice to hear someone out there with the exact same story we're going through with an old Infiniti that's got a lot of mechanical problems and really want to move to a car that's, that's manufactured like Iman has made. So um, love to hear from you. Thanks so much for all of your, your time and love podcasts unlocked. So I uh, listen to you every week. Eric, thank you for the call. Here's the thing about the kids' seats from all accounts. So they're super safe. That is not up for dispute. The car, of course, the Model S is the safest car in the world. But uh, the kids' seats, the two rear-facing child seats uh, in the back, the rearward-facing seats, are actually even safer because you can only order rear-facing seats when you order the car, you cannot be retrofitted after the fact the way that, say, uh, the dual charger, if you a second charger can, or I don't know what another good example would be. Let's say upgrading to LTE if you have a 3G connection on your, on your Model S. But the reason that you can't retrofit is because the, Tesla actually reinforces the rear... Uh, area of the car when you order it, when you order the kid-facing seats. And uh, I have read a lot of 
posts on the Tesla Motors Club forum about how a lot of, a lot of folks' kids love sitting back there. However, there's a big issue to keep in mind, which is very relevant to you down in the nice warm city of San Diego. There's no HVAC back there. Apparently, it gets it can get pretty warm for the kids. So yes, you can pre-cool with your app, but even once the car's in motion, if you're out there, it's a sunny day, which it always is in San Diego, your kids are sitting under the rear uh, glass there, which, is, which doesn't have the same level of tint to it that the panoramic roof does, should you decide to order that option. So that is definitely a big thing to consider. My advice to you would be to hop on the Tesla Motors Club forum and go to the community section and go to the California sub forum and go ahead and get some feedback from owners who actually live in San Diego because there are plenty of them. And here's one more thought for you, Eric. You said on your call that you're stretching to get this car, which I fully respect um, because I'm going to be in the same boat with Model 3. You say you you said you can't afford an X, but you do know that I mean an X is only five thousand more than an S, right? And all the options are pretty similarly priced. Now let me stop. I know that quote. I know that the word only is a very subjective word right there. But the fact that you're considering a seventy, if you were to get a seventy D Model X, that could be really perfect for your family since you've got three kids. And it could totally work in either the six-seat or seven-seat configuration. Uh, you'd, you'd have in the six-seat, you'd have one kid in the third row at all times. But, you know, little kids love, they love the back. Like, when I was a kid, a little kid, in, growing up in, uh, originally in New Jersey, my parents, that was, you know, the, the early 80s, or, well, early to mid-80s. The, uh, that was station wagons were huge then. And my parents had a, a Nissan Sentra station wagon. I don't even know if many... Some of you can probably picture that. It, I wouldn't even advise Googling it. It's not, it's not a nice car. It's not... You know, it was 1985 or whatever it was. But, um, you know, and of course, there weren't rear-facing seats. But the station wagon hatch area in the back, my sister and my little sister and I called it the back back. And we loved sitting back there. And, of course... Back then, you know, the laws and the enforcement weren't, you know, it was normal. As we'd just go back, you know, we'd be, my parents would be on Route 23 in, in northern New Jersey uh, and <laughs> the Hamburg Turnpike. And, yeah, we'd just be back there at 55, 60 miles an hour, just, you know, not strapped in or anything. But I, we loved it back there. So I could see how uh, in, a, in a Model X that, you know, your kids might even fight over the third row. So who knows? But, you know, it, it could be, it, it's, but still, I mean, it, it's 5,000 more and you'd have to wait a bit because 70D reservations at this rate, it's looking like they might not be filled until around the summer. Don't, you know, I don't take my word for it because nobody actually knows for sure yet. But I would say think about it. I mean, it, I know, you know, you said you were thinking about a 70 Model S. So if you weren't thinking about the D, then I guess it's the X is kind of ten thousand more because you know the D the D option is five grand on the S and it's that's sort of built into the X. But in any case, you might want to just sort of take a second look at it. I know the the uh, configuration tool, the Design Studio, 
for Model X is not online for the general, any, it, it's not public yet. You only have access to it if you're a reservation holder. But again, that's the thing where you can, you can go on in the forum and, and consult with some people, ask some other owners. But, you know, the, the X starts at 75, whereas the S starts at 70, and the options are uh, somewhat similar. You know, maybe you wouldn't need the premium package that has the auto-opening, auto-presenting doors and all that stuff. But take a look. Either way... Whatever you decide, best of luck to you and congratulations on whatever Tesla you choose. That is awesome. One other call this week is from Robert in Chicago who wants to talk a little bit about gas prices and if they are going to hurt the argument for Tesla. So Robert, take it away. Hey Ryan, it's Robert from Chicago. Lifetime listener to podcast Unlocked and I'm a big fan of everything you do on IGN. And uh, loving the Tesla podcast. Just wanted to say thanks for that. And wanted to call in with uh, a question. Uh, I just filled up my gas tank for a dollar thirty-four a gallon, and I've been uh, driving since about late two thousand and one. I'm thirty years old, and I, I, this may be the cheapest that I've ever been able to buy gas. I, I don't remember the exact price when I first started driving, but shortly after that was. September 11th and the Iraq war and everything that has driven gas prices way up over the past, you know, decade and a half or so. And so I guess my question along with that is, do the, does the low gas prices kind of hurt the argument for a Tesla to somebody who's not quite as informed, um, which I guess would be probably most of the country in general. Um, certainly the Tesla is still a great car, but one of the you know, biggest advantages it has seemed to have in terms of just, you know, looking at it is the, you know, cost ratio of electricity to gasoline, even just, you know, going to work every day. Um, obviously, it had been way more cost efficient in the long run to be using electricity. And now if, if gas stays this low, I, I assume it probably can't stay this low forever. But if it if it does tend to stay you know, in that 250 and under range, is that going to uh, make Teslas not as attractive um, to buyers because of the uh, high upfront cost and um, the fact that they, there won't be as much saving? I'm not sure what the numbers would be um, as far as if it would still be cheaper to use electricity versus gasoline at, the, at this sort of price or not. But hopefully you have uh, some insight into that. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for the podcast. I hope to someday be a Model 3 owner myself. Uh, like you, the Model S is just way out of range. Um, but, yeah, thanks again, and I uh, look forward to the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Robert, thank you for the call. And uh, to give my opinion on this, sure. It absolutely, the low prices of gas absolutely do hurt Tesla, uh, hurt the case for EVs. There's... There's no, I don't think there's really any denying that. I mean, a Tesla looks a lot more appealing to anyone, especially those who are not yet educated in the ways of electric vehicles, when gasoline is $4 a gallon or more. I, mean, I live in San Francisco, so it's, it, was, it was more for a while there. It was almost 5 You know, even Elon acknowledged it at his uh, Hong Kong Tesla town hall last week, saying, he said, quote, 
The industry as a whole, I think, will definitely suffer from lower oil prices. It just makes economic sense. Even if the econ- uh, pardon me, even if the economics of oil favor gasoline, I think the Model 3 still does well. It's more cases where there is little to no differentiation between the gasoline version of something and the electric version. A good example of that would be uh, in my building, in, at the IGN building, there is somebody that has an electronic Golf, the VW Golf. So something like that, uh, I think, is what Elon is referring to there. Anyway, his quote continues, If they're about the same and the electric version doesn't have a compelling economic proposition, meaning if it's not priced cheaper or, you know, right the same, then you've got a real issue in the market, end quote. So I'll say in a weird way, though, I almost kind of like it for Tesla because it only incentivizes Tesla to make their cars even better than than they already have to be compared to gas cars. It will only, what I'm trying to say is it will only push Elon and the engineers more to make Model 3 and future revisions of the SNX even more amazing compared to ICEs. Of course, though, though Elon has always said that Teslas and EVs in general need to be an order of magnitude better than their ICE counterparts for the same money in order to convince people to make the switch over and buy them. You know, people don't want to leave their comfort zone of gas stations and gasoline cars. But we've seen that happen with the S. It happened. The S came out. And it is, uh, you know, I don't want to offend any Porsche fans here, but by all accounts, I mean, it is pretty much a better car in most most ways than the Panamera, and it's a cheaper car than the Panamera. And I know it's anecdotal, but it seems that the indications are that the Model S has eaten the Panamera's lunch. I don't see them. I probably see 20 Model S's in the Bay Area for every one Panamera I see now, ever since the Model S came onto the scene. And it's about to happen to the Cayenne, the X5, Range Rover, etc. with the Model X. And hopefully, the Model 3 will do it to the BMW 3 Series, the Audi A4, etc. So, um, and, you know, gas prices aren't going to be low forever. That it, it's a finite resource, um, you know. It's it will it almost has to go back up at some point. I know we're. It seems like from what I read, America is doing a lot more domestic oil mining now. But um, but the point is, you know, it it definitely you know cheap gas. You know, look at people are buying. Remember when? Remember when people stopped buying SUVs for a while? Like it was just like, oh, these things get no terrible mileage. And you know, it was like 2009 when when every, the gas prices were through the roof. And then, but now look, like everybody's buying SUVs again. So that's where it's on, say, the Model X to just be a much better vehicle. And and it hopefully it will bear out that way. You know, you you've got. It's got wicked acceleration, it's the safest thing on the road, it's got easy access third row with the Falcon Wing doors, and, you know, most most SUVs get get a gas mileage somewhere in the teens, and X gets the equivalent of, I don't know, actually, I don't know what its official rating is, but the S MPGE mile per gallon equivalent rating is about, I think, 88, if I remember correctly, maybe 90. So you figure the S, the X rather, is a little less than that. So the mile per gallon equivalent of a Model X is probably going to be somewhere in the low to mid 80s 
compared to, you know, 17 for an X5 or a Cayenne or whatever. And on top of that, <laughs> the, the gallons uh, of the fuel that the Model X takes are pennies on the dollar compared to the gallons of fuel that internal combustion engine SEBs take. So that's what it's going to take. And I, and I like that, you know, if it should, if anything, push Tesla to do better, to make a better car for the money with Model 3 and to continue to push on the S and on the X and make them even better. So there is a silver lining in that cloud, I think, in, in, the, in the quest, in Elon's quest to electrify transportation. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, these were a couple of great calls this week, please call the Ride the Lightning hotline and leave a message. You can do so anytime, 24-7. It's a toll-free call, either on the phone or on Skype, and the number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And I remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday or anniversary or graduation or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they are special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit my friends at lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And I'll be right back with this week's Tesla news. First up this week, a little weird, Elon Musk canceled the Model X order of a guy named Stuart Alsop, a known Bay Area venture capitalist, after Alsop wrote a blog directly personally criticizing Elon uh, for the Model X reveal event. I want to thank my friend and Ride the Lightning listener Jeremy Williams for pointing me to the Reddit thread where some sleuthy folks dug up the fact that there is a history between these two. So, because, you know, off the, off the top, it sounds like, well, that's kind of a, that's a not cool move by Elon to just be like, hey, you wrote a mean thing about me. I'm canceling your order. I don't want your money. But there's more to it than that. I'm not necessarily defending Elon. I'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But it turns out that this gentleman, Stuart Alsop, pulled funding at the last minute from PayPal back when Elon was there. So there is an, you know, there is a, there's some previous animosity, because obviously that would have been a, uh, not a fun point in life for younger Elon Musk when he's, you know, trying to get PayPal going. So it makes a lot more sense why Elon would do this. Now, that being said, it's definitely not the high road solution to the issue. And as I've said before on this podcast, uh, Elon is a legitimate idol of mine. Uh, I really don't admire, there, I can't point to anybody in business or even politics. I don't want to get too into any of that stuff. But, you know, uh, most of them seem like just they're, it's purely self-interest in, for a lot of politicians and a lot of business people. And, you know, Elon and what he stands for and what he is trying to do for humanity and for the planet, uh, he really seems to be genuinely a, a guy that's not a me-first guy. 
I mean, sure, he's a billionaire by result of his his efforts, but you know, he's he could he just repeats over and over to anyone that asks that the goal of Tesla is not to become the biggest car company in the world and to make Elon the most amount of money. It is to accelerate the advent of sustainable transport. Anyway, so I, I really respect, admire, and look up to Elon. I, I really do. I would. I, he is. There are not a lot of people in this world that I would just really, truly love to meet and spend time with. I mean, you know, sure, celebrities. They're, I'm sure they're fun people, but none of them. I don't sit here making a podcast about any of them. Put it that way. Elon's a guy that I, I would absolutely, you know, I would be a a bucket list item to to inter, to meet him and especially to interview him. But um, anyway, Elon is. I while I do respect, admire, and look up to Elon Musk, he's also human, and we've seen him do stuff like this before. Meaning, sort of the follow his his. Uh, heart rather than his head in, in some of these things, which to be clear, he has every right to do. He's a human being and he runs the company. So those, those are two things we cannot take away from him. But given the PR backlash, which it seems clear, by the way, Elon doesn't care about based on his follow-up tweet, which was, quote, must be a slow news day if denying service to a super rude customer gets this much, much attention. Uh, but the more prudent move would have been to just say nothing or reach out privately. Although, for all I know, I mean, in in the follow up blog at, that that Allsop writes, he's he seems to Im- indicate that Elon did reach out or someone from Tesla reached out. But anyway, what an odd thing. Uh, <laughs> and and to to Allsop's credit, he's still he's he's not like. He seems to be taking more of a high road. He doesn't seem publicly angry about it. He seems to be just lamenting the fact that he's still going to have to keep driving his BMW X5. Uh, So, you know, this is one thing, though, where I, I just got done talking about how Elon, every time he's asked, talks about how Tesla's primary goal is to accelerate the advent of sustainable transport. It's almost just like repeat it drilled in at this point. And so it it's unfortunate to, you know, Elon had the opportunity to take one more gasoline-powered car off the road by getting rid of St- Stuart Alsop's BMW X5 and putting him in a, a Model X instead. And Elon chose to not to deny St- uh, Stuart Alsop that. So that's unfortunate. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to defend Elon on this. Um, I. I. I'm not super criticizing him either. Again, like you know, he's a human being, and he got you know this guy kind of really seemingly seemingly that screwed him over back in the PayPal days. But at the same time, like there probably there was probably a better way to handle it. So that's unfortunate. But you know, again, we take Elon as he. He is not perfect. He is a human being, and we 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 respect him and admire him for, or I see, I do for for all of it. You can't just cherry pick parts. You have to take the whole person. I'm not perfect either. I'm sure. Maybe I would have done. I there's a maybe I would have done the same thing if I were in the same position. 
if I had started a company and uh, years ago that was, and somebody had had pulled funding at the last second, and then I was super successful later, and that same guy came around, maybe I would want to stick it to him. Who knows? But anyway, that's a weird story to kick off with. Next up this week, Tesla has applied for a dealer license in Michigan. Of course, Michigan, one of the states the Tesla remains banned in. There is like specific anti-Tesla legislation. You know, the, obviously, the the dealership, the uh, NADA, is very strong in Michigan, given their the fact that that is home of most American automotive manufacturing. Uh, it seems, though, that this is before you think, well, what is Tesla just giving in and they're going to start having dealerships and we're going to have crappy dealership situations? No. Tesla seems to expect this to be denied and then they looks, looks like they're going to use that as a, a chance to challenge with litigation in courts. Uh, and if that is the case, it wouldn't be surprising because Tesla has shown a bulldog-like willingness to challenge these antiquated dealer laws state by state in the past. And they've been chipping away. Look at New Jersey, for example. They, they, they won over New Jersey. They, they checked that one off the list, and they're working. They're moving. So uh, Tesla, in fact, did make a statement about this a little after, once the, story, once the story broke. And here is Tesla's statement. Quote, As recently amended, current Michigan law prohibits Tesla from being able to license its own sales and service operations in the state. Submission of the application is intended to seek the Secretary of State's confirmation of this prohibition. Once confirmed, Tesla will review any options available to the company to overturn this anti-consumer law. Translation, lawyer up, Michigan. (laughs) Because basically Tesla is fully expecting this to get shot down, and they will use that as the basis to challenge the the law, the uh, constitutionality of the law in court. So look for that to happen. Uh, The decision, by the way, on that is expected within the next month or two. So uh, not meaning the decision of whether Tesla's application for dealer license in Michigan will be accepted or not. So that should happen in the next month or two. So should it not happen, and then a Tesla uh, files a lawsuit, you know, you can presume that's going to happen just sometime later in 2016. Next this week, will the Model 3 reveal only feature photographs of the car? Speaking in France, Elon was asked if we would see pictures of the three at the reveal. Elon answered that yes, you will see pictures. Now, the video of this is online. You can go watch it, listen to it for yourself. So he, he said, yes, you will see pictures. There is now a debate over how literally to take him on this. Was he just directly answering the direct question of someone who doesn't speak English as their first language? So was he therefore just sort of being very deliberate, you know, and sort of extra sort of clear about his language? Or are we to take him literally? And will we not see a prototype of the car at the March reveal. We got a prototype at the S and X reveals, and now I'm I'm certainly not expecting details of the car, any any real details, just general stuff. 
but I would certainly be disappointed if all we got was a slideshow, a PowerPoint presentation that included photos of the car. I mean, I don't expect to hear about anything super specific at the Model 3 event, such as, you know, whether it's going to have the second generation of autopilot or, of course, any pricing or anything like that. But I'd have to imagine we're going to see a car. They've done it twice before with the other two models. And I got to figure, even if the windows are completely blacked out because the interior just doesn't exist, I've got to figure we're going to get a body. We're going to see a physical shape. But it is a little up in the air. Uh, earnings, the earnings call is this coming week. I believe it's Wednesday. Uh, let me, oh, now you, now we got the Maggie the Boxer snores. You get that? You hear those? Yeah, she's, she's out cold now. Yeah, Wednesday the 10th, I'm pretty sure, is, is earnings. The earnings call. So hopefully someone will get through. Hopefully it won't just, the, the line, the questions won't just be clogged up by the guy who always asks about if Tesla's going to turn themselves into an Uber killer. Uh, hopefully somebody will actually ask about the Model 3 reveal event and what specifically we will see there. So we may have an answer for that next week that what I can talk about on next week's show. Finally this week, here's some good news for sure. A new bill was introduced in California that could waive the California sales tax for out-of-state Tesla buyers taking factory delivery of their cars. Because if you live out-of-state, if you are not a California resident and you decide, you know what, I want to pick up my car at Tesla in Fremont and I want to drive my car home and do the factory tour, you get hit twice with sales tax. You get hit with whatever your state's sales tax is and you have to pay California sales tax. So uh, I want, with thanks to the Sacramento Bee, Senator Bob Wachowski is pursuing a bill that would eliminate the sales tax on new automobiles introduced in California for out-of-state buyers. His goal is to spur a business of, quote, industrial tourism, attracting customers who come for the car and stay to see the sites. The bill uh, is Senate Bill 680 and... Tesla sponsored the legislation, so they're, uh, they are very much in on this. Quote from uh, Senator Wachowski, We think that California is an attraction. We think that people want to go down to a Tesla factory to see it. The government can be an inc incubator for these ideas. Uh, I'm not quite sure what ideas he's referring to there. I mean, it, 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 it makes sense that you would wipe this tax out. Now, this is awesome because if it passes... You know, it's just, well, let me back up. It's not fair for someone from Nevada, Arizona, Washington, or if you come from even farther, to get hit with a double dose of sales tax. It's not fair. Uh, it's, it's an awesome thing. I mean, I don't know firsthand, but I know I, it's, it's something I very much want to do, and even whether I live here or not, which I do, currently do, but it's, it's, it's an awesome opportunity. Let's put it that way. It's an awesome opportunity to be able to drive your car out of the factory, take the tour, and have an emissions-free, cash-free drive home via the superchargers. Glad to see the senator doing this, and hopefully it will pass. Uh, if you get the chance, by the way, the factory itself, the tour, really a treat. D please do it. Uh, m in most cases, 
you you either have to be an owner or know somebody i think to take the tour but if you if you can qualify for one of those two caveats one of those two criteria highly encourage you to do it it's a it's a really really fun and just fascinating thing to see that wraps it up for the news this week i'm going to take a short musical pause come right back and wrap things up with the plugs and a few other things right after this That does it for episode 27 of Ride the Lightning. If, I remind you, if you've got a question or a comment, a discussion topic, please call in, leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. You can do so anytime. It's toll-free. You can call or Skype. The number is 1-888-989-8752. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, or, if it won't fit in 140 characters, you can always email me the email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're a video game player, check out me. Uh, check me out at my day job, I should say, at IGN.com. I've always uh, got various things happening there. We're covering The Division all month long in February as our IGN first game. That is, uh, that is definitely a hot topic right now, the beta having just concluded. and I've got a number of other things, always got a number of things on the burner there. Uh, check out nerdstyles.com for video game and geek-inspired t-shirts, as well as a coffee mug if you're a coffee drinker. We've got a, a Coexist coffee mug with uh, our most popular design on there. And please be sure to subscribe to Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter at teslaweekly.com. It's a great way to keep up on everything happening in the world of Tesla. You know, you'll get a little extra analysis here, but uh, Dave's, Dave T's w- weekly Tesla newsletter can give you the snapshot of everything happening in the world of Tesla in a given week. And a reminder, you can now listen to the show in your Tesla via TuneIn. You still got to do it. You got to go on the TuneIn website first and follow the show, but then it'll show up in your favorites in your car. I've heard from a few of you that are doing that, so that is awesome to hear. Uh, and I will continue to work on trying to get the car, get the podcast just natively in the car without having to jump through any hoops on the TuneIn website. Thank you all so much. This has been Ride the Lightning, episode 27, and I'll see you back here this time next week.